cute. I see some, uh, some future models, some future dancers, some future stand-up comedians, and just all-around incredible kids. Thank you to our student ministry, to Rebecca for leading them and having vision for them, and to Jordan and his team uh, for putting that video together. I got a question for you. When you were a kid, yeah, you can thank him. Go ahead. Listen, if you, if you have kids or you know people with kids, invite them to church. We love kids here. And we don't just want to train them to be fun. We want to train them to love the Lord Jesus and not to perform for anybody, but to live their lives on purpose for God. And so that's what we do in this place. But I want you to think back when you were a kid for a minute and think about times when your parents said, in answer to a question that you had for them, maybe it was a question like, when can we go to the candy store? Uh, you know, what time is my baseball game? Or can I go to a baseball game? Or whatever. You were asking for permission for something. Think about the times when your parents said, maybe. Or maybe they said, we'll see. You know, recently one of my kids called me out for saying maybe. And I, they asked me a question. I said, maybe. Or maybe we'll see. I think we use we'll see a lot in our house. And my, one of my kids said, so basically it's a No. Because they saw through the charade. I think when we say maybe as parents, when we say we'll see as parents, it's kind of our way of lessening the blow of no. But it does kind of almost always really mean no, right? And we want to maybe lessen the blow because we're kind or if we're selfish, we just don't want to deal with what no means, right? And what it's going to get out of us or out of our children in terms of a reaction. I think no is a powerful word, But even more powerful is the word yes. Because the word no cuts off possibilities. It cuts off future things that we could be doing. But yes is a word that is powerful because it's full of possibility. It's full of what could be. And how many of you have dealt with the power of yes with your kids? Have you ever told your children yes for something? And then you've done, you have to deal with a, a thousand questions between your yes and when you actually give them what you said yes to? When is it going to happen? How's it going to happen? The constant dream updates. Like you say yes to something, you're not thinking about it, but your kids spend every waking hour thinking about what that yes meant and telling you how they're going to fulfill that yes. And you're like, I didn't even know I was saying yes to that. The, the but you said yes conversations, right? But you said we could. See, yes is powerful because of all the possibilities that it has. And no shuts off dreaming, but yes causes dreaming to happen. This morning I want to look at as we continue our series on mighty, how mighty our yes is to God. In order to do that, we're going to look at scripture. If you turn with me in your Bibles to Luke chapter 1, we're going to read the account of Mary saying yes to God. We're going to see how powerful Mary's yes was, how mighty her yes to the Lord was. Let's pick up the account in Luke chapter 1 in verse 26. It says this, in the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a village in Galilee. To a virgin named Mary, she was engaged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of King David. And Gabriel appeared to her and said, Greetings, favored woman, the Lord is with you. Confused and disturbed, Mary tried to think what the angel could mean. Don't be afraid, Mary, the angel told her, for you have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you'll name him Jesus. And he'll be very great, and he'll be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his ancestor David. 
And he will reign over Israel forever. His kingdom will never end. Mary asked the angel, but how can this happen from a virgin? And the angel replied, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the baby to be born will be holy and he'll be called the Son of God. And what's more, your relative Elizabeth has become pregnant in her old age. People used to say that she was barren, but she has conceived a son and is now in her sixth month. For nothing is impossible with God. Mary responded, I'm the Lord's servant. And may everything you have said about me come true. Then the angel left her. A few days later, Mary hurried to the hill country of Judea, to the town where Zechariah lived, and she entered the house and greeted Elizabeth. And at the sound of Mary's greeting, Elizabeth's child leapt within her. And Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. And Elizabeth gave a glad cry and exclaimed to Mary, God has blessed you above all women, and your child is blessed. Why am I so honored that the mother of my Lord should visit me? When I heard your greeting, the baby in my womb jumped for joy. You are blessed because you believed that the Lord would do what he said. And then we have Mary's response to all of this a song or a poem that was written to describe what was going on in her heart in response to God. And she said, Oh, how my soul praises the Lord. How my spirit rejoices in God my Savior. For he took notice of his lowly servant girl. And from now on, all generations will call me blessed. For the mighty one is holy, and he has done great things for me. He shows mercy from generation to generation to all who fear him. His mighty arm has done tremendous things. He has scattered the proud and the haughty ones. He has brought down princes from their thrones and exalted the humble. He's filled the hungry with good things. He sent the rich away with empty hands. And he has helped his servant Israel and remembered to be merciful. For he made this promise to our ancestors, to Abraham and to his children forever. God, may we, as we look at your word this morning, discover the power of our yes, just as Mary discovered the might of her yes to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Mary said yes to God, said yes to God's plan. Look at verse 38. Mary responded, I am the Lord's servant. May everything you have said about me come true. She was saying yes to the Lord and to his mighty plan for her. This was Mary's yes. And in Mary's reaction, we find out what Mary had to think about it. The first thing was this. She was confused and disturbed. You got to understand the context that we are looking at for Mary and for the people of Israel, for literally the world at this point was a context of 400 years of silence. Between the Old Testament prophets and God declaring through an angel that the Messiah was here was 400 years of silence with the Lord. In fact, the people of God over this 400 years, because they had been taken into captivity, had remained faithful to the Lord. That captivity did something in their hearts to cause them to no longer go after other gods. In fact, when other nations came and tried to impose their gods upon the people, they said, absolutely no, we will not bow. And yet, even in their strength, even in their resolute determination to walk with God, they were living in 400 years of silence. 
Oftentimes when we are walking with the Lord, it feels like the Lord is not speaking to us powerfully. And so Mary is in the midst of this this time period where the people are faithful to God and yet God is not speaking. And in that she sees an angel and her first reaction is confusion and a little bit of disturbance before she even hears what God is about to do. See, because this is true, the, the Jews had been ruled by the Romans for a while. In fact, oftentimes when God is about to speak, when God is asking for our yes, we feel like we are walking in a time where our choices are limited. Where maybe the government that is over us is not the government that we chose and we're waiting for God to do something outside of us and God comes to us in the midst of that like he comes to Mary and he says, I want to do something in you and through you. In fact, at this time, for God to speak to his people, he oftentimes in history has not chosen to do this through women. And so when he comes after 400 years of silence, he doesn't speak through male prophets, he speaks to a young girl. A young girl who's in a situation where maybe she doesn't have the type of platform that we think. This was not the time of Instagram. Mary was not necessarily famous in her hometown for very much. And yet God chose to declare his word and to fulfill his promise of the Messiah through this young servant girl. And yet her yes to God was powerful. We are living in the results of her yes to God. Her yes to God was mighty. Mary herself recognized the mighty hand of God in this. In verse 47, it says, sorry, in verse 49, it says, for the mighty one is holy. She recognized the power of God in what was being asked of her. She recognized the power of God in the declaration and in the invitation to come into his plans. In fact, he said, she said this in verse 51, The Lord's mighty arm does tremendous things. She recognized his power in this. Mary's yes to God was mighty because her yes brought her into his plans. See, God doesn't come to us and force us into his kingdom. He comes and invites us in. He doesn't force us into operating within his plan and his purpose. He invites us into his plan And his purpose. But we need to understand that just as Mary's yes was mighty, our yes is mighty as well. Now, most of us would have excuses, right? We'd say, Well, I haven't seen an angel, so how can my yes be mighty to God? But the truth is this we have his word, and we hear his word, and we have the Holy Spirit inside of us that makes his word come alive and leads us into truth. We have heard what he has to say. We would say, Well, my my yes is different because I'm no virgin. That ship has sailed. God can't do something with that in my life. Or maybe we'd say, my yes is not as powerful as Mary's because Mary had a perfect child and my children are far from perfect, so how can my yes really matter when all I do is chase these little hellions around all day? But we have his promises. We have the Holy Spirit. We have been made new in him and we are given an opportunity in the choice that we make to say yes to God and what it means for those around us, for our children, for the people that we are in relationship with and for the kingdom to make a difference and to leave a legacy. Here are some ways that Mary's yes to God was powerful and our yes to him can be powerful as well. First is this, Mary's yes to God was mighty because of humility. What was Mary's response to the Lord? Her response to the Lord was this, I am the Lord's servant. 
Mary refers to herself as a lowly servant girl. This was not Mary sitting in her room dreaming about how God would use her all her life because she had something special to give. She wasn't on her phone, you know, doing her makeup and posting TikTok videos so she could somehow become an influencer in her day. She was saying, listen, I understand that my operation in the kingdom of God is simply as a lowly servant girl, but I am willing to say yes to the Lord in humility. See, here's the truth. Humility is the chief virtue because humility allows us to experience all the other ones. In order for God to work through us, we have to know who God is first and who we are before him. We can't love other people until we have been loved by God. We cannot be loved by God unless we truly understand that we need his love. We can't be operational and bring salvation to other people until we realize that God has saved us. And we cannot be saved by God until we realize our need for salvation. Humility is powerful and mighty in the Lord. Verse 52 says this, he has exalted the humble. Here's why humility is powerful. Humility is powerful because it invites the presence of God into our lives. God is with the humble. Isaiah 57 verse 15 says this, the high and lofty one who lives in eternity, the holy one says this, I live in the high and holy place with those whose spirits are contrite and humble. God literally promises his presence to those who are humble. I restore the crushed spirit of the humble and I revive the courage of those with repentant hearts. God promises that he will be with the humble. Our yes is mighty to him because it invites his presence into our lives. In fact, scripture tells us this, James 4, 6, which is a quote of a proverb and is quoted many times in the New Testament says, and he gives grace generously. As the scriptures say, God opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble. What is grace? Grace is not just something nice. Grace is empowerment to live how God has called us to live. And it's empowerment that doesn't come just by God giving us gifts. It's empowerment because God himself, the Holy Spirit, is with those who are humble. But if we want to walk away from God's presence, if we want to walk away from the might that is given to us in being with him, we walk away by being proud. Our yes is mighty to God because of humility. Our yes to God is mighty also because of faith. In Luke 1.45, Elizabeth prophesies to Mary. Recognize this. I mean, we're, we're charismatic Pentecostals, right? The Holy Spirit is all over this. In fact, Scripture says that the Holy Spirit came upon Elizabeth, and Elizabeth declared something to Mary. Here's what she said. You are blessed because you believe that the Lord would do what he has said. Literally, the Holy Spirit resting upon Elizabeth and the Holy Spirit resting upon Mary in Jesus brought together this divine convergence of the kingdom. And Mary prophesied and said, you believed what God would, would do what he said he would do, and so therefore you are blessed. This was confirmation to Mary about what God had said to her. This was confirmation about what God thought about her Yes. When God thinks about our yes, he is saying, listen, we are blessed when we believe him in faith. 
When we take God at his word, when he says he will do something, and we don't say, well, maybe, kind of, sort of. No, when we say yes to it in faith, it puts us directly in line with his plans, and it becomes a mighty, mighty yes. It's deeper than just saying yes, but a real powerful belief. In fact, in Matthew chapter 17, verse 20, Jesus says this to highlight it. You don't have enough faith, Jesus told them. I tell you the truth, if you had faith even as small as a mustard seed, you could say yes to this mountain, move from here to there, and it would move. Nothing would be impossible. This is literally a reflection of the words that God spoke through the angel to Mary. How many of you know it's impossible for a virgin to become pregnant? Never happened before, hasn't happened since. And yet God is saying, listen, according to my word... And by my plan for humanity, I'm going to do something impossible through you. When we say yes to God, we enter into the impossible realm. Because nothing is impossible with God. Our yes to God is powerful because of faith. Our yes to God is mighty because of favor. How many of you heard people talk about the favor of God and you get a little uncomfortable? They say things like, favor ain't fair, right? And they're talking about, like, material things. But here's the truth. God said, when he greeted Mary, he said, excuse me, greetings, favored woman, the Lord is with you. And later it says, you have found favor. How do we know that she, how does Mary, how do we know that Mary knew she had favor? Verse 49, he has done great things for me. Listen, favor is having something done for us that we could not do for ourselves. Mary understood not only was it impossible, she did not have the capability to enter into God's plans. Favor moves his kingdom forward in ways that we could not move it forward on our own. And favor really isn't fair. And here's the truth. If you are in Jesus Christ, you have already found favor. You've already found favor. But but here's the thing. There's no formula to get favor. I can't preach a message on the five steps to get you God's favor, but here's what I can tell you. You can position yourself to receive the favor of God. And we position ourselves to receive his favor by saying yes to his plans. But oftentimes our yes to God does not feel like favor. How many of you know Mary's yes to God probably didn't feel like favor at first? I'm going to get pregnant before I'm married, and I'm going to have to explain it to my fiancé, and really to like everybody in my town, but not really everybody in my town, but the entire country and actually the world for perpetuity are going to have to believe that this impossible thing happened. How many of you know that does not sound like favor? And yet Mary understood that saying yes to the Lord brought the favor of God because God declared it already. But we we ought not to just say we have it. We ought to walk in it. And when we say yes to God, we put ourselves directly in line with his plans. And God is about pouring out favor on those who are willing to walk in his plans and in his purpose. Our yes to God is powerful because of favor. And last this morning, our yes to God is mighty because of freedom. And this isn't just an American message. It's not like, woohoo, let's wave the flag, let's combine Christmas and Fourth of July. God bless America, let's fly the eagle. Listen, here's what it means. Luke one thirty one says this, you will conceive and you'll give birth to a son and you'll name him Jesus. That name, Jesus, was not just a cool name. 
that wasn't like, hey, it's a great sounding name. That name was actually, the, the, it's the Greek version of the Hebrew name, Joshua or Yeshua. Now, I'm not bringing this up because my name happens to be Joshua. In fact, I always thought it was weird when people named their kids Jesus or Jesus, but literally my parents did that because it's the same name. It's just the Greek version. But it's not about the name. It's about what it means. The name Yeshua means the Lord saves, God delivers, God rescues. Our yes to God is mighty because of freedom. Verse 32 says this, He will be very great, and he'll be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his ancestor David, 33, and he will reign over Israel forever, and his kingdom will never end. This is the fulfillment of an Old Testament promise. That God was bringing freedom by seating Jesus on the throne of his ancestor David. And that freedom does not end because he's still on the throne. His blood and his work and his resurrection and his intercession on our behalf is powerful because it remains and he is coming again. But here's the thing, just because we don't see freedom in our own lives, just because we don't live with the reality of freedom, just because there's a lot of not freedom around us, oppression and slavery, does not mean that God does not want freedom. Listen, oftentimes we live like Mary did and the people of Israel in 400 years of silence and it feels like we don't have spiritual freedom. Oftentimes we live in places where it doesn't feel like we have political freedom. We don't get to make the choices that we want to make. But that does not mean that God does not value freedom. Because we walk in sin and and sin has some type of hold on our lives and we want to get rid of it and yet we still stumble in it does not mean that freedom is not available. It doesn't mean that we are destined to live in that sin. We're just sinners. God has come to set us free from the power of sin, from the power of death, from the power of hell, from the power of the enemy. We have been set free. Our yes to God is mighty because it puts us directly in the line of freedom. God desires his people to live in freedom. Galatians 4, 5 says this. God sent him to buy freedom for us who were slaves to the law so that he could adopt us as his very own children. See, oftentimes we think that our yes to God limits our freedom. If I say yes to him, like Mary, I'm going to be saddled with a kid. I'm going to have dad or I don't know, if I say yes to him, I'm going to be stuck. I can't do this, and I'm going to be limited in my choices. But here's the truth. Living in yes to God brings the greatest freedom we could ever imagine. Galatians 5, 1, it is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Why? So we could be free. Freedom from sin is a reality. We can have it. We are most free when we're living in the purposes of God. We are most free when we are living in yes. So let me ask you a question this morning. Just close your eyes so you can talk to the Lord, so you can do business with God. My question is this, will you say yes to him this morning? This week we ended celebration of, the, of Hanukkah. 
oftentimes called the Festival of Lights, but it's actually called the Festival of Dedication, celebrating when the temple was rededicated to the Lord after it had been abased by worship of false gods. And as we celebrated this around our table, we talked about what does it mean to dedicate our lives to God. And I asked my children this question. I said, how can we dedicate our lives fresh to God today? And one of my kids said, well, I did that already. Like, isn't that like a one-time deal? And here's the thing. Oftentimes we think that, well, this is a message about saying yes to God. I've already said yes to him. No, the question is before us. Will we dedicate our lives, the temple of our lives, uh, the, the temple of the Holy Spirit, our physical bodies, our spiritual bodies, our emotional bodies, will we make ourselves, our souls, available to the Lord in dedication to him? Will we say yes to him? Will we say yes in humility? Will we say yes in faith? Will we say yes in favor? Will we say yes for freedom's sake? Listen, ask, I don't know what the Lord is asking of you today. I don't know what he has asked of you. I don't know what he's challenged you with. I don't know if you're running from yes or you've been running into yes. But we have an opportunity this morning to stand and say, I am saying yes to the Lord. It might be an act of humility. You might, have, you might be struggling. You might have been trying for a long time to make yourself good enough for God. To struggle through with some type of sin or something else in your life. or You've been trying to keep up an image and God is saying, would you just humble yourself? Maybe you've never done that before. Maybe today's the day you come to the Lord for the first time. Maybe you're watching this and you're saying, I've never had this opportunity. Today, you can humble yourself and say yes to God and to salvation that's offered in Jesus Christ. Maybe today it's, it's a challenge of faith. God's been asking you to step out, to believe him for the impossible in some way and you're gonna stand and say yes in faith. Maybe you have been longing to see God's goodness in your life. And he's saying, would you just say yes to my favor? You are my favorite kid. Scripture says he doesn't have favorites, but he's got a lot of favorites. Maybe today this is the day that you say yes to freedom by binding yourself to the Lord, by submitting to his plan and his purpose for your life. If you are willing to say yes to him in any of those ways, or maybe one I didn't mention, would you just stand right now? I want to pray for us. We're saying yes to God. Because the truth is this, our yes in God is mighty. When it's humble, when it's full of faith, when it recognizes the favor of God and it leads us into his freedom. God, we are here today before you just simply to say yes. Whether it's salvation, saying yes to your plan and purpose for our lives, believing you for the impossible, believing that you care and see and know and it's not our own talents or ability that gets us there or simply just for freedom, we say yes to you. All around this house, everybody who's watching online, we say yes in the name of Jesus and we trust that whenever we say our yes and however we say our yes, we enter into your goodness and your freedom and your favor by faith. And with humility, we say yes to you today, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Can we give the Lord a hand in this place for his presence and his